I was hoping that it would be enlightening and be one of those things that is a catalyst to push me forward into who I want, who I really want to be to define Mm -hmm. that deeper Mm -hmm. so that I can start doing the right things and stop doing the wrong things. Right. Because, you know, that's a big deal is, you know, are, you can have your foot all the way on the gas, but if you are also pressing on the brake, you're slowing the car down. Right. Or it's not going anywhere. And so one, you know, when we sent out the questionnaires, I thought it was actually really, really interesting is because we sent it out to family, close friends, and their answers were almost all the same. Right? Well, that's a good thing. Which that means yeah. you're being the same way all the time. Right. So that was, like I said, that was kind of a reinforcement there mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I am authentic. I am who I say I am. I'm not fake to anybody. Sometimes I might bite my tongue and be a little bit more politically correct around a certain few or something. <laughs> you spend enough time with me that you know the real me. Yes. But, you know, but everybody else sees that as well. Hello and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Danny McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Zach Levy, and with me as always is the Andy McDowell. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Andy, good to see you this week, yes. as always. So, looking forward to our topic today. I'll let you kind of introduce that. So, we're going to talk a little bit about the basis or the item behind one of the workshops that I offer, which you and Megan had the pleasure of going through last week. It was a pleasure. And eye-opening. The name of the course is The Pinnacle Gift. All my courses are named Pinnacle, and it's about reaching your pinnacle in life and in business, right? But The Pinnacle Gift is about trying to discover for yourself your purpose, your why. And the premise behind it is it's really trying to break a fallacy, right? So we're, we're called human beings, not human doings. Right. Right. So we have a tendency to focus on the word do when we go meet new people at a a party and trying to get a conversation going to try and understand who the person is next to you you ask well what do you do right not who are you but what do you do you know so we have a tendency to hide behind or 
affiliate ourselves to whatever our career or job is mostly. Maybe some folks can answer, I'm, I'm a father or I'm a husband, but that's probably pretty rare. But what's even even rarer is to talk about who you are in this world. Right. And especially in Western culture, I think we get so caught up in our identities caught up in what our profession is. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like what we said, identify right. with, right? And generally, uh, the, what I always like to associate with is if you were to write a dating profile on an online online dating site, right? And you're trying to describe who you are. For most people, everything on that list is going to be, I enjoy doing X, Y, and Z. Well, typically your career, your job's on there for sure. Mm-hmm. Then your hobbies, hobbies and interests, which yeah. are doings, are on the list. But I think more and more people are starting to realize that they need to start talking about their beings on the list too, right? Start talking about, oh, well, I'm, I'm funny, I'm witty, I'm intelligent, I'm, you know, sort of more descriptive words about who you are. Right. I think probably women are better at that than men. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet. Well, <clears throat> and, and talking about that, but so we we've talked a lot about the golden circle of mm-hmm. Simon Sinek, the the why, how, what model. This sort of fits along the lines of that kind of thinking as well. So what what is if if we talk about being in this world and doing in this world and having in this world? What do you think is the typical? If you were to line those up uh, in series to say. You do one, which then leads to the other, and then leads to the other. What is the typical model, at least for us in, in our country? What well, comes everybody... first, which then leads to second, which leads to third? What what order I mean, of those we, three do we do? We always do first. I, again, when you lead a new conversation, if you and I are at a networking event or just meet each other out at a bar or something, hey, Andy, what, what, what do you do for a living, man? Or what right. do you do? right. You know, or, you know, outside of work, what do you enjoy doing? And that's usually where the conversation stops, actually. Yeah, because we make judgments. Right. Not, not that we speak them out loud, but in our, in our head, we make judgments about what people are doing. Right. And then it is, you know, in very, very rare, deep conversation or relationships you might get to the b yeah but we usually see the doing as a means to an end right right so i'm going to do this you know you're you're a teenager you're thinking about going to college and studying something those which will help you in a career or a job Mm -hmm. and you have those people that might choose a doctor and a lawyer to do because then that allow me to have certain things which will then allow me to be a certain way in the world. May, may not really truly enjoy being a doctor or a lawyer or CPA or whatever it may be. But I, I know it's a means to the end, right? I'm going to go do this so that I can have a big house and expensive cars, you know, pretty wife. And then that's going to make me happy. I'm going to be happy in right. this world because Which I think, of that. Like to your point, you said earlier, a lot of people are 
starting to kind of wake up to this false narrative of that. I think more people are realizing that we as a society, we as a culture, we're, you know, we're not fulfilled. We're not satisfied by what we were told to do, which was, you know, you've got to go into a field that makes a lot of money so you can have all these things. We're focused so, so much on do and have Mm -hmm. that a lot of times people are forgetting or never identified the B. So we end up just completely self or unfulfilled. Well, we see it as the end result as opposed to the starting point. Right. Right. I think that we've, our culture has sort of beat that into us over the last 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah. I mean. And we now have all the horror stories of the millionaires, billionaires, and so forth that have a ton of money and success and so forth in life, but they're inside just truly unhappy. Right. Because they thought the wealth and the success, the doing and the having would bring that for them. Mm Mm-hmm. But if we start, if we start with the B, and that's what we do in the course, is we we assume in the course that eventually you'll have the haves that you want. Right? Where we right. focus in the courses, the B and the do's. And you you end up with a what's called a pinnacle gift statement, which is two to three sentences of it's my intention to be this way in the world and to do these activities, which will then generate the value Mm -hmm. in the world that will then allow me to have X, Y, and Z. Right. Which might be physical items. It might be state of being or, or emotions that exist every day in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, I mean, going back to the golden circle example Mm -hmm. with the why, how, what is you know, this, this really digs into the individual why, how, what, if you will, different wording. But if, you know, in the past we've talked about business plans and the businesses, why, and stuff like that. If we were to look at a business and if they've never defined their mission statement, if they've never defined the company that they want to be mm-hmm. and they just start producing. Mm-hmm. Or the why, the why is just to make money. Right. Which, again, a lot of people go into a field because, oh, it pays well. Mm-hmm. And Well, there's other people that are making a ton of money in this business, so that means I can go in and do that business and make a ton of money. Right. And, I mean, they may have short-term success, but that's when you see companies, you know, not have a culture, not have anything like that because there's no why to attached to typically fall apart and implode. I've seen many. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they're working in the business that doesn't, they have no passion for, it doesn't bring them any happiness. It doesn't align with their values. They haven't deep inside of them necessarily. It might, but not necessarily. It's not like the values are the same. And so you don't have that alignment built in the business, whether it's a, a why, how, what model or, or, be do have. I think both models are looking at the same thing. They just look at it from a different angle. Right. Right. It's like having a diamond in your hand and still a diamond, but you can twist it and turn it and get a different angle and you have a slightly different look. Right. But it's pointing at the same 
core item or issues. It's the same verse, just a different translation, mm-hmm. basically. Which, you know, this, talking about the course and everything, it is, I do have to say, it, it's so empowering when you can actually figure this out. Because most of us never sat down and we said, well, this is what I'm going, again, what we said, what I'm going to do, whether there's a why there or not, it's just, here's what I'm going to do. Well, it goes back to the episode we did, what, two, three, four weeks ago about the whys. Right. About the why of life. Why am I here? Right. It really starts digging at that question Mm -hmm. for oneself. Yeah, going back to that conversation where somewhere on that scale of I'm just a physical human being trying to survive in the world, put food in my belly, roof over my head, and that's it, versus all the way over to I'm a, I'm a spiritual being that has a physical body, which allows me to have the spirit exist on the earth. Right. You know, somewhere on that scale. So this course sort of helps you to start getting getting at the core of those of that question why am i here how am i going to be a human being with letters b and e in capital letters right a human being what am i going to be in this world as i gave the example in in the course if you're sitting around in chairs with a bunch of people and not saying a word or anything you're just existing and being in this world how would people describe you? How are you being in this world? What are your thoughts? What are your values? What are your actions? So forth in this world that describe how you're being. The state of state of your existence. You know, knowing still that life is a journey and the way you're going to be in this world is going to change through the course of your journey to a certain extent. Right. But... What do you want that core foundation of being to be well, as you go through seasons of life and your life journey? For Put this way, with the life journey correlation is human beings, but at the same time, we're human becomings. Mm-hmm. Right. It starts with B-E. Right. It all, it, it's all the same. Right. At this present moment, but, we're being. Right. But we might be doing some actions in that moment that's going to allow us to become more fully what we want or right. want to be, right? So it's a life journey, life plan that you have to move through. So, you know, this the state of just be is present tense. It is here. It is now. Becoming is moving. Mm-hmm. Getting more. Being intentional. Right. In what you want to become. Which, again, goes back to the dinghy or the life raft versus having a motorboat or a sailboat that you can direct. So, you know, a lot of times, again, when we're, when we're leading with doing, we're just kind of being tossed around. We don't have a solid foundation. We don't have a direction because the do is the do is it, which the B is the motor. The Y is the motor that allows us to solidify the do's. So we, like you said, later can have. Right. Well, it means you can leave with the do and you can have a rudder and a, and a motor and a dinghy start moving in a certain direction. 
and gather things along the way, right? To have the halves, but you don't end up where you want in be. a place yeah. that you want to be. And then you have to course correct, right? Some people call that a midlife crisis. Right. You've been doing, 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 and getting, getting, or having, 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 and you, after a while, go, oh, well, wait a minute. I, I don't have what I truly want mm-hmm. that brings love and joy and items that we truly desire as human beings to be in our life. Right. And, you know, to that point, so we were talking about this beforehand. We've always talked about love versus fear and Mm -hmm. leading with, if you will, leading with love, right? So I can't remember. Deciding with love as well. Yeah, go ahead. I can't remember where I saw this specifically. It was on, you know, one of the social media outlets, but on a entrepreneur business page or something. But the, the story, basically this, this woman's at her house and they kind of live out in the woods, but she walks outside and there's three older men, long white beards that are standing outside. And she goes out, introduce, you know, sees what's up and they're all nice. So she says, why don't y'all come in for a bite to eat? And they said, we can't, we won't come in unless your husband's home. And so she waited a little while. Her husband gets home and she tells him about the, him about the three old men. And he says, well, invite him in for dinner. So she goes outside to invite him in for dinner. And they says, only one of us can come in and we need you to go ask your husband, which one of us he wants inside. And they introduce themselves. One of the old men's name is wealth. One is success. One is love. Mm -hmm. And she goes back inside and they said only one tells her husband, only one can come in and one is success. One is wealth. One is love. And they ask which one of them do we want in our house? And the husband, you know, he goes, thinks for a second, goes straight to wealth. Mm -hmm. Right. Which I think is a lot of people. Right. And then they discuss well, it. Under the theory that the wealth would bring joy, happiness. Right. Safety, security. Right. Brings which, everything that you want in life, right? Which most people figure out very quickly that that's not going to provide that once mm-hmm. they get there. Yeah. Right. But go ahead with your story. And so they discuss it for a little bit. They can't come to an agreement. So the wife goes outside. She says, I'm just going to make the decision. And she says, well, we'd love, we'd like to invite you into our house. And so as he starts to walk into the house, the other two start to follow. She looked around, she says, hold on. I thought you told us that only one of you could come Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. They said, if you would have invited success or wealth in only one could come in. But when you invite love in, the other will follow. It's a good, a good example of this whole be, do, have, right? right? If I'm going to be in this world with love at the forefront mm-hmm. and everything that you do, then that allows you to, to do in this world that leads with the love. Right. That's attractive to everybody else because everybody wants love as well, subconsciously. Right. That's going to then allow you to have... Not only the wealth and success in life, because you're you're attracting that in, but 
you're you're then able to ha- still have the love because you started with it. So the loves are, are there with you through the whole journey. Right. But then wealth and success come from it because you're in total alignment with something that the rest of the world desires automatically. Right. Whether you know it or not. <laughs> Everybody wants to be loved. Our problem is do we have an ability to lead with it? to have it within ourselves, to share it, to lead with it in our lives, to then attract it into your lives. Right. Heard it put this way. As opposed yeah. to buying it, right? If you, if you do, do have B, you're basically saying, no, I got to go do things to go buy the love, as opposed to working on yourself to have it naturally within yourself. Right. I mean, I've heard it put this way is, I mean – love, whether it be relationships, whether it be being, whatever it may be, it's much like a bank or an investment account that if you're not making deposits, you can't really expect to make withdrawals. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if we're not being, if we're not leading with love and depositing that to everyone around us, we can't expect the world to return that to us. So another another issue that business leaders or business owners face with this whole model is something we've discussed a lot is about being unique in this world. Mm-hmm. So if you start with the do, what do you what do you end up doing a lot with your business? The same thing everybody else in your industry is. You're you're looking for those success models that are out there. And you end up copying them. Right. Because you're not being or thinking uniquely at all. I'm looking for a have of success and wealth. Mm-hmm. Here's models that have already demonstrated that. It's almost like the franchise model, right? Buy into this franchise. Buy into this business model because we already have proven right. you can be successful doing this. And that's why we created it as a franchise. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Inherently, I'm just using it as an analogy here. Right. But that's what the tendency is when you're not being in this world and understanding your being mm-hmm. and driving your business from that authenticity and uniqueness in the world. Then, you know, you stand a, a greater chance of the haves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this. But. The odds are against you to then be in a certain world as the end result of going down that route. Right. Because you're just following a financial model. You're not following a life model. Well, I mean, again, and to use the franchise example, if cool thing is that can be leveraged by somebody that has defined who they want to be or who they want to become to, you know, that gives them the the do so that they can eventually have, right? Mm -hmm. To where they don't have to create a system, things like that. But I see so many people that they use a model like that or they use something like that because like we were talking about, oh, this many people are successful or that, you know, they're making so much money. But it has nothing to do with, their why or 
their love, if you will. So I think I've told you and Megan the story, and I don't think I've used it on the podcast yet, but a good way to sort of illustrate this point was I took a a trip to uh, California with my wife at the time. And we spent a couple of days in Napa Valley. And I've had a little bit of an interest in, you know, if I could be successful in retirement to own my own vineyard and make my own wine. Mm-hmm. So I walked up to the concierge desk at the resort we were staying at. And I said, um, I'm not your typical customer, I don't think. I'm not here to go from a winery to winery tasting a ton of wine. Mm-hmm. What I really like to do is to find an owner of a winery and talk about the business and so forth. And she said, I've got the perfect person for you if he's in town. So let me do some work and find out where he's at and if he's in town and if he's willing to do it. And I'll give you a buzz back. I said, great. Went back to our cabin. And 20 minutes later, she called. She said, well, I was successful. He's in town. He's got the time. Would love to sit down with you and talk talk with you about the business. But he said, you only do it if you'll do a wine tasting with him as well. I said, Shh, no problem. <laughs> I can go Twist through. my arm, Twist yes. Twist my arm, I'll, I'll do a wine tasting. And met with a gentleman, I don't remember what his name is, but we had a great time. He had about eight wines. His cheapest one was $80 a bottle, and he only sells directly to the consumer. So mm. you won't ever find his wines in a restaurant, hotel, airplane, grocery store or anything. He just sells directly to the customer and he has six or seven wines. I think the most expensive one was about 150 a bottle. And we went through the wine tasting and but I'll tell me the prices of anyone. We just talk about the wine in general. I know what grapes were being used and so forth. And mm-hmm. so which one do you like? And I picked the one I like and it was the $80. And he says I'm not surprised. But we got to talking about well, what what is the critical success factor in the wine business? And I was expecting some kind of answer about the quality of the grapes or the efficiencies you have in getting growing the grapes or putting it in a bottle or any of those type of things. He said, no, it's your story. And he said, I made millions of dollars in the IT world and decided to get out and get into the wine business. And that's the what most people are fascinated about when I go in and do a wine tasting. So he'll, he'll He'll throw his wine in a cooler or whatever, hop on an airplane. He had just gotten back from a wine tasting with the country band Rascal Flats. They were doing a concert in Houston, and he went backstage before the show and did a wine tasting with them. That's the kind of caliber of yeah. clientele that he's working with. He said, everybody's interested in my story. He said, you, granted, you got to have good quality grapes. It's doesn't mean that stories can totally cover bad grapes right. and bad wine. I mean, you've got to put a halfway decent product together, but it's about your story. And it's because of that connectiveness, the human being connectiveness to wanting to know who who you are, what are your qualities, what's your story in life, what has your journey been mm-hmm. like, you know? You know, if, had you, if you had bumps in the road like I've had bumps in the road, you know, and if that's true, then that's where the connectedness between each other is, you know, because you feel like you're similar right. in a standpoint with, with the other human being. But that's what this is really saying is that if you're a business owner, people want to understand your story. What, mm. what have you had to overcome? Why did you do this? Why, why did you decide to get into this business? You know, and is your story, well, I'm here just to make millions. And so I decided to follow <laughs> that business model. They got it. 
Right. Right. And so forth. It's like, okay, it's a story, but we don't really have a lot of connectiveness to it, right? It's not inspiring story. Right. It's find the right financial model and get after it kind of story. It's not an inspiring story. And we as human beings want to be inspired. Well, people connect with the story and people connect with your why. Mm-hmm. I mean, your why is a lot to do with your story. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're driving that, here with a conversation is, that is for that like, to be. Duh. <laughs> we want your story to be based off your why. Right. You're going to get better results out of it. but Because, you know, you, you can tell people your goals. Awesome. Right. Your business goals, your revenue goals, things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about when you're when you're hiring people as a business owner. Right. And I, I really feel like a a prospective hire is especially somebody of caliber for a high level position, something like that is interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because somebody that's, you know, worth their salt, if you will is going to really feel out a position and make sure things are right before saying yes to a position. Maybe not so much at an entry level, things like that, but definitely higher caliber individuals. And, you know, our goals are to, you know, have $10 million of revenue next year and this and that. And okay, great. Right. But what's the why behind it? Is Mm -hmm. it just about the dollar or is it about making an impact? Right. I've been, I've talked to plenty of people that say, you know, I've, I went with this company, even though they weren't paying me as much money because they had a purpose. They wanted to make an impact. They wanted to change something about the world, not just sell a product and make money or not just sell a service and make money. Mm-hmm. People relate with that so much better. And this isn't just on business. I mean, the pinnacle gift, like you talked about when we were doing the course is about your whole life. Not just business, but about life itself, right? Mm-hmm. And so that can also apply to relationships, friendships, etc. Right? Well, you're always being in all that, right? You're right. When, when you're on the job or in the business and working it, you're being. When you're sitting at home at dinner with your family, you're being. Mm-hmm. When you're out with friends having a drink or going to a concert or whatever, you're being. Mm-hmm. You're being in this world. And are you being the same way in all those aspects of activities right. that you do? Well, the same course goes of your days if, and if years. you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sounds like a very, you know, surface level statement or, Hey, you've got to have morals. It's, it's, you've got to, if you've got to know your why you've got to know your B, you've got to know your, your pillars of who you are. Mm-hmm. To where that's congruent throughout every area of your life. You hear about the people that, you know, and in the church world, if you will, people that, oh, well, you know, they're one way on Saturday night and then there's somebody else on Sunday morning kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. Just as an example is people see right through that. People can smell a phony from a mile away. Right. And so if you're one way at the office because you want to make money or, and you're different at home, you're different around your friends and you've got multiple faces, multiple personalities, not talking about bipolar disorder, but <laughs> you know, you're, you're trying to be a chameleon just to fit in where you can get in. Well, as we talk about a rubber dinghy model, it, the waves are pushing you in the direction they want you to go. Right. Be like me, be like me. 
Right. That's that force or that pressure that's being put on you, just like a wave is through its motion, putting pressure right. on the dinghy, pushing it a certain direction. I think we see that so much in today's society. Again, I think everybody should go through the Pinnacle Gift Course and really delve into who they are, identify themselves, because, you know, you, you see people, you know, working with clients, Andy, I'm sure you see people that when you take them through this, they can't come up with anything about themselves other than what they do, Right. Mm-hmm. They struggle to be introspective and it makes them very, very uncomfortable. Yes. Because it's a place they've never looked. Maybe they're afraid to because trauma's yeah. in their past or well, something. Well, it takes a lot of courage to go through this course. Yeah. And you know, it's it's hard enough for us to look look at ourselves naked in the mirror in the morning. You know. Maybe not for you, like, you know, because you're out in the gym every day. But for for a lot of folks, it's a difficult thing to look at, right? We won't go down my as you age route, but as you age, it only gets worse, regardless of how much time you're in the gym. Gravity's right? a yeah, but we digress. But I really think that has a lot to do with all of the anxiety and depression disorders we see today, right? Because our society pushes people that you have to do these things, you have to. You have to be this way and none of it, none of it is genuine. So many people are trying to be somebody who they aren't mm-hmm. to, to again, fit in to, you know, have certain things. So they start doing everything that there has nothing to do with their why. They start dressing a certain way. They start hanging out with a certain crowd, doing things that could be detrimental to their health, et cetera. Well, a lot, a lot of how we feel about ourselves is our, our mindset and those inner messages that go through our head all the time. We're not speaking right. them out loud, but what do we say about ourselves to ourselves in, right. our, in, our, in our mind? Right. Right? Because I mean, you could sit here and do this exercise, and you could almost take a, a sheet of paper and go, okay, this is how I'm being today, mm-hmm. but this is how I really want to be. Well, and right, and that 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 gives you an idea of the work you inner work you need to do to heal wounds or other things inside of yourself to be to be differently in the world where the world is not pushing you around. Well, and you know, I'm glad you said that because this brings me, you know, just to think of you know a book I should probably go back and read again because of how much impact it had. Very easy, short read, but mm-hmm. um, what to say when you talk to yourself. Yes, it's right? huge. Is huge because, you know, the saying that we're always our own biggest critic, right? Yeah, there's a ton of haters in the world, but what are you saying in your head? Or what are you even saying out loud, right? Mm-hmm. When you mess up, you're saying, oh, you're such an idiot, right? And that's going to break down what you want to be, right? Because it breaks down your own self-confidence. And, you know... Um, in that book, talk, you know, tying that in with the law of attraction and, you know, telling the universe who you are, if you will, right, is waking up. And one of the things I always try to practice every morning is I am, you know, that's a B statement. I mm-hmm. am. Mm-hmm. It's part of our exercise in the course. You know, I am positive. Mm-hmm. I am a winner. I am, you know, not I do. Right. But I am a leader. Mm-hmm. I am there for, pe- you know, things like that. And you might not always feel that way every day, but 
there's this thing when you identify your being, you speak it out loud that if you're, if what you're putting out into the world, into the universe, and your subconscious, what you're telling yourself, don't align, there becomes mm-hmm. this tension that eventually that tension pulls and pulls and pulls until what you actually are aligns with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We also might have blind spots, and those blind spots might be on the positive side or might be on the negative side. That's right. why before the course, I give you a series of questions to send out to family, friends, mentors, people you want feedback from. Right. To give you, to be a mirror, to give you some idea, because there may be some things that are on the positive side, you just either deny about yourself or you didn't, don't realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Or there might be negative things that you don't think you're doing, but reality is you are. And right. That may, Which was like, actually oh, I need to really, change that about myself. It was actually eye-opening and also reinforcing, right? Yeah, so talk, when, a, little, talk a little bit about yeah, so what what your thoughts were going into the course or expectations and I, I wouldn't say I had any and expectations what you, and then what you felt after you came out the other side because honestly I had no idea what to expect mm-hmm. right because you know I've I've sat down I've written out mission statements of you know in quotes before or tried to but never in the process we went through so I didn't really know what to expect yeah right it was more of all right here you know it's just like a, you know never skydiving before. You don't know what it's going to feel like, but right. here we are, we're in the plane, we're about to jump and here we go. Here we go. <laughs> right? This could be really fun, it could be scary, I don't know. And you know, I've had I've had seasons where I've had to introspect and identify some really dark spots, honestly. So introspection wasn't really scary for me. I do mm-hmm. know that. I knew it wasn't going to be difficult or scary. Right. I was hoping that it would be enlightening and be one of those things that is a catalyst to push me forward into who I want to, who I really want to be to define Mm -hmm. that deeper Mm -hmm. so that I can start doing the right things and stop doing the wrong things. Right. Because, you know, that's a big deal is, you know, are, you can have your foot all the way on the gas, but if you are also pressing on the brake, you're slowing the car down. Right. Or it's not going anywhere. And so, one, you know, when we sent out the questionnaires, I thought it was actually really, really interesting is because we sent it out to family, close friends, and their answers were almost all the same. Right? Well, that's a good thing. Which that means yeah. you're being the same way all the time. Right. So that was, like I said, that was kind of a reinforcement there mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I am authentic. I am who I say I am. I'm not fake to anybody. Sometimes I might bite my tongue and be a little bit more politically correct around a certain few or something. (laughs) You spend enough time with me that you know the real me. Yes. But, you know, but everybody else sees that as well. That's on the same relationship level that Mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was really cool to see because I went, oh, because sometimes we just get caught up in going and going and going and don't really see and ask ourselves, am I being authentic? Right. Yeah. It was a little bit of a a blind spot for you that people were able to shine a light on for you. And so... It was like, oh, that that's that that's really cool. And then the the areas you can work on, I was like, oh, that's consistent as well. Blind spot. Let's work on those. It because it kind of gave you an opportunity to do a SWOT analysis of that once you get that feedback, right? Allowing somebody else well, to do a SWOT analysis provi- yeah, of you. It provides you some 
data points that right. you can do the SWOT analysis with. And so taking that and then, you know, the, the process was, you know, the first question you asked us to go over, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, that's easy. I had a, you know, list of, you know, 50 things in just a couple minutes because just go throughout your day. What do you do? What are the activities mm-hmm. that you do? But then getting into the I am statements and things like that, that, that then becomes harder because you actually have to sit, you know, look at what you do and then identify the qualities you have to identify. I am, you know, and going through the I am statements it wasn't as hard as it may be for some because some people do struggle in that. They don't know who they are. But thankfully, I, you know, part of my morning routine is waking up and, you know, either in my head or out loud, just depending on where I am. Because <laughs> if I'm at family's house and it's 4 a.m. when we wake up, I'm not going to scream my affirmation <laughs> at yeah. the top of my lungs. Right. But going through that, even in your head. So there were some IMs that were already built in there of, again, being human becomings. I'm not all the way to those AMs, but I will be, right? I'm becoming those AMs that I want to be. Well, her- inherently built into it is a level of, what's the, phrase, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Consistency, right? Right. So I am this, but it, it may only occur 30% of the well, and again, it goes back to my statement of 60% of the time. Or, if you're saying I am X, mm-hmm. but you're not consistently doing what you need to to be X, mm-hmm. there's going to be tension there. You start to feel stress and anxiety, and your mm-hmm. subconscious is telling, hello, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're saying you're this, but you're not doing this. Right. And there's a big red flag or a flashing LED sign going. Cre- creates confusion in the world. Right. Mixed messages. And inauthenticity. And so then, you know, either you correct it or you have anxiety and tension and, or you just try to bury it. And that's when you stop getting introspective, but then going from there and being able to detail in a statement who I want to be in three sentences. I think it was, I think mine was three sentences. Okay. Have you finished it? Yeah. Okay. I did it that day. I was just like, here it is. It, It was, I don't think I saw it. So it's in, I mean, I'll show it to you. Yeah. But it was, it was enlightening almost because I've never done that. Right. Never put it into a statement. Well, a lot of cases is a big monkey off people's backs. Right. Because they can, they now have got something they can sort of rest upon. Right. Well, and they have fully some, answer the question. They have a mirror right? to look into. Mm-hmm. Right. They have, or if you will, they have a benchmark. Because if you don't, I mean, take a science experiment, take something like that. If you don't have a control, how do you know what the rest is? Mm-hmm. How do you know what the results are? In you know, in, you know, our fitness journey, bodybuilding world, you do an initial check-in because if you never do, you don't really see the progress, Right. Because as we said, we wake up and we look at ourselves in the mirror every morning. And so these little subtle, minute changes, we don't always see. So it seems like we may not be making progress. Yeah. And as you go through the years in your becoming, as you say, 
Right. You have an opportunity to take those two or three sentences and tweak them as you go along. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not set in stone per se. Hopefully it doesn't change a whole lot as you go through the years. Well, what you may, what you you want to become or be may become bigger, right? You may Mm -hmm. reach a point and go, there's more I can be. Right. Well, hopefully your being statements aren't changing a whole lot in your three sentences, but maybe the doing. Yeah, I guess that's the way I should put it is the impact of who you want to be being bigger, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. So one of the words we haven't, you know, so far talking a lot in this episode, that's big part of this whole concept, but we haven't really talked about it. We've talked a lot about it in previous episodes, is the mm-hmm. word intention. Mm-hmm. Because to have these two or three sentences really gives you the fuel, so to speak, of living in an intentional life. You know, it's my intention to be in this world this way, which then allows me and my actions to be intentional to mm-hmm. do which then creates intention and hopes of having X, Y, and Z because of that. Right. So across that whole board of those three words is the word, it's sort of hiding in the background, behind the curtain, so to speak, is the word intention. Right. A lot of people don't live intentional lives, but you have to have these ingredients and know them in order to live an intentional life. Mm -hmm. So... What did you find to be the hardest part of the two to three hour process of the of the course? Where did you find the most difficulty for yourself? Was it coming up with the doings? Was it coming up with the beings part of it? Or was it trying to put it all into two or three sentences? I'd say it was putting it all into two to three sentences. And that was mine too. Because again, it's when I already wake up and say I am x i am y i am z that that's there i can write that down on paper i can identify everything that i do on a daily basis good and bad (laughs) right and i can identify you know the quality like we talked about the qualities we have but then actually taking those and creating a congruent statement of here's here's who or what i want to be right in this world and that's not always one thing. Or what I was created to be. Right. For some folks. And then basically creating, again, a life mission statement. That being statement is a life mission statement is the mm-hmm. way I'd possibly coin that as well. Because me being this is going to allow me to, you know, do this or make this kind of impact. And basically, then how I'm going to do it? Yeah. So what's a what's a catchphrase that we use today, so to speak, that this really feeds for your business for for you and your business, your personal brand, right? Yeah. So really, you know, if you live in live in this two to three sentences out loud, it really becomes your personal brand. And then when you do go to a dinner party or something and somebody says, tell me about yourself or what do you do? Mm-hmm. You rattle off the two or three sentences. You, you'll probably get some bug eyes and mouths drop and 
Mm-hmm. As I said in the course, people ask me, what do I do? They don't say I'm a business coach. I say I change lives. Right. Oh, tell me more about that, right? So this this enables you in a distinct two or three sentences to talk about who you are in this world. Who who do you, who are you being as a human being? Which then, A, might inspire the person to figure it out for themselves. B, tells them a whole lot more about who you are as a human being as opposed to, I'm a lawyer. Right. And feels a great conversation that, who knows, maybe a great friendship will come out of it. Right. A connection. As opposed to, what do you do? Well, I'm a lawyer. Oh, that's what nice. kind of lawyer? <laughs> you know? And it might be a 60-second conversation and you move on. Right. Because there's no connection out of it. There's nothing inspiring about it necessarily. It doesn't tell a story. I mean, if, if the person's inquisitive enough, they can keep it punneling you with questions to sort of peel that onion back. But you're forcing them to do all the work. Right. As opposed to you doing the work and developing the two to three sentences for yourself and just throw that on the table and watch <laughs> watch that seed grow, you know, in conversation. Right. So would you do it all over again? Take the course? Ten times over, yeah. So do you think it's a push pin? Every- go back to the beginning of the conversation in the course. Do you think I think being able to identify that three sentence statement is oh. definitely a push pin. It it meant beyond a push pad. I think for a lot of people, it could be a a springboard. Springboard. Sweet. I didn't think about that. So, because if they can. And they might be doing well, right? Anybody, you can just be starting, you can be struggling, somebody that's even doing well that wants, again, a springboard, something to launch them forward. Mm-hmm. I think any everybody should sit down and take this course because identifying who they want to be, I mean, it could completely rock their world, yes. but it could lead them in a direction that is going to lead, you know, lead with love and bring success and joy because success is not money related always. Yeah. It depends I mean on how that. much work they did. I mean, when I went through the course, the, the beans and the doings just naturally flowed, just mm-hmm. crunched right through those, but it was putting it in the two or three sentences. It took a bit of thought and time for me, but it really changed who I am in this world because I've done a ton of introspection work, but for somebody that hasn't, it can be mind blowing. Right. And it can be scary, scary, mind blowing, takes courage. Well, I think that's why having somebody there to hold your hand through the process is most necessary. But you truly, you truly are moving from fear to love. Right. That's why it takes a lot of courage to go through the course and be introspective. And even, even if it's scary for you, but Mm -hmm. in, in doing it, you're, you're doing that act of moving from fear to love through an act of courage. Right. That's why I love doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love changing people's lives for the better. I mean, it's my passion, Amen. and that's why I love doing the course. It's it's the one course, you know, if I, I get a client in, I, you know, I offer four courses, and even if they don't do the other three, I always, just like I really push them towards the peer-to-peer group, I really push them to go through the, the pinnacle gift because it can right. can be mind blowing and life changing for for some folks. Yeah, 
think that's probably enough said. I think on so. On the subject. We've gone deep enough. I mean, again, that identifying this catalyst, springboard, whatever word you want to use is is huge. So I encourage you to do some introspection and mm-hmm. if you really want to dig in, you know, definitely reach out to Andy about running through the course. It's you know, I've been in business for over four years now and I feel like that was a moment of all right, let me launch forward. Yeah, and if you're not in the Atlanta area, search out a Catalyst success coach like I am. Right. They have the same course available to them to take you through it. So we appreciate you joining in today. We hope you got something out of this. Even if you don't take the course or don't have a Catalyst coach available to you, you know, as you're driving down the road on your commute to work or something, think about think about the whole be, do, have model. Mm-hmm. For yourself. See what you come up with. Well, we hope you have a good week, a good day. Here in Atlanta, we're suffering through a tropical depression at the moment, but we're surviving. Tropical depression. We're not depressed. No. We're no. <laughs> no, the weather's depressed. Yes. <laughs> From that perspective. But we hope you follow us on our journey here on the podcast, trying to generate value in people's lives. Easiest way to do that is hit that button. It's called subscribe to follow us in we're both on social media. I hope we'll, you'll engage us in the outro. we tell you how to reach us on social media. Send us a note. What topics do you want us to talk about? Or things to go deeper on maybe that we have talked about. Give us some feedback so that we can ensure better that we're going to generate some value in your life. Definitely. So with that, take care. Have a great week. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Mm